This morning, as we kind of get ready to go on outreach, this is the sort of second day of outreach, the second seminar, but our second day out on the streets this afternoon. Yesterday, we took um, 100 people out to three towns, or at least one city, two towns. We went to Norwich City Centre. We took 50 people there, 25 to Attleborough and 25 to Wyndham, and we're doing the same thing again today. So it's another 100 people out and about on the streets. And so we kind of, we, we asked people at the end yesterday just to do a quick survey and they'll be in your bags and we'll ask you to do those in the coaches on the way home, these little sheets. And we just asked people to basically tell us roughly how many people they'd spoken to yesterday. And kind of on average, most people that went out on the streets were speaking to somewhere between four and five people each which meant yesterday there were four to five hundred, not 45, but four to five hundred conversations about Jesus out and about on the streets in these three towns. And that's a remarkable thing that was taking place. And it is very exciting. So not to say there's a kind of a competition between the two days, but, you know, if you've got a few more, that would be really cool. So uh, my name is uh, Simon. I'm up from uh, Plymouth and part of the outreach team. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to take you kind of through the first kind of little suggested model of a tool or a technique that might be helpful for you uh, out and about on the streets today. We're going to hear then some stories from Shannon, another uh, member of the team, about some of the stuff that happened just yesterday, some fresh stories. And then uh, Jazz, who's up from Croydon, is going to share a little bit about uh, another uh, kind of technique or an idea that you might want to use to have conversations out and about on the streets this afternoon. Because it can seem a little bit daunting, and I think there are some seminars that it takes real courage to go along to. This is one of them, and it takes a step of courage to say, do you know what, I'm prepared to step out of my comfort zone and leaning on God to be filled with His Holy Spirit in order to go and speak to people I don't know in a place I don't know about a God that they don't know. And that is a lot of courage that's needed to do those kind of things. And so it's very brave of you to be here already. And so we really want to kind of just give you the easiest way in to do that because as we learned yesterday and as we taught, outreach is fun. Turn to your neighbor and say, outreach is fun. Now, you need to say it with a little bit more conviction. I'm going to be honest with you. So you need to do it with a smile on your face, with some enthusiasm. Look to the person next to you and say, outreach is fun. And I promise you, as I promised people yesterday, when we wrap things up at about half past four, five o'clock this afternoon, we will be able to say that a lot more honestly and a lot more with conviction, okay? So that's what we want to be able to do. So outreach is fun, and we're going to have some fun today. So just as these guys get themselves settled, get themselves T-shirts, if we can just kind of just try and keep ourselves focused, that would be really, really helpful. So the first thing we're going to encourage people to do is something we did last year and the year before. It's something that kind of I learned from my friends at King's Arms Church in Bedford. They learned it from some guys in Northern Ireland. And it's a technique or a tool, just one of the tools that you can use in outreach called the miracle question. And if you were with us yesterday, we'll have gone through this. Uh, But one of the things that this really is brilliant for is super quickly getting from the point of cold contact, not having a conversation or any knowledge about someone, 
getting very quickly from that point to actually getting to a place where you can have a deep and meaningful conversation about something. Okay? And so it's a brilliant question and a brilliant technique, and it's super simple. Okay? And it's a, it's a question. The miracle question is actually, it's got kind of three parts to it, but two main parts to start off with. And the first of them you're going to find out after this. Angela Harris, where are you? Give us a wave. Angela, Angela, give us a wave. Angela. Angela's gone to the toilet. Okay. When Angela gets back from the toilet, get her to wave to us. Where's her group? Who's with Angela? These guys over here. Awesome. Okay. When Angela comes back, don't all go, did you have a nice time at the toilet? Okay. I'll do that from the front. Otherwise, it's embarrassing. So... This is a technique that really helps you very super quickly get into a deep and meaningful conversation. And for it, I need a volunteer, and you are that volunteer. Come here. Okay. Who are you, Tom? Tom. This is Tom. There's a word of knowledge for you there. Well, wasn't really. Okay, Tom, I'm going to ask you a question. The first answer I want you to give is the word no. Okay, to practice that for me? No. No, please, if you could just practice it for me, that would be great. Just practice it for me. No. You're very disobedient. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay, so imagine that I'm an outreach boot camp delegate. I'm wearing a red T-shirt for this particular moment, okay? Because actually red T-shirts, this is very much about you. Black T-shirts, this is about you encouraging the red T-shirts, but don't think you're getting away with it scot-free because you need to do it as well. So I come up to this person walking like this because that's how we walk in Plymouth. Don't walk away from me yet, Tom. I'm not that weird. I don't wear sandals. But um, the first question on the miracle question is this, okay? It's all gone wrong. Okay, the first question is this. Excuse me. May I ask you a question? So I go up to Tom. Tom's just shopping in Norwich City Centre. And I say, uh, excuse me, could I ask you a question? And he says, no. I say, okay, thank you so much. Have a lovely day. You can sit down for the moment, Tom. So that's quite easy so far, isn't it? Okay? That's us seeing if there is an opening for a conversation. Tom does not want to have a conversation with me. There is no point in me going, Tom, I know you don't want to talk to me, but I'm here on a new day, and we've been to a seminar on outreach, and I need to tell you all about the love of Jesus and the fact that you are sinners, and your sin is going to keep you distant from God, and if you die in this, the wage of sin is death, and you will be eternally separated from God, and unless I tell you that Jesus died for you in your place and rose again in order that you may have new life, just as he had new life, I just get to go home, and I'm a failure. So can I tell you that anyway? That is not a good technique for helping people to discover more about faith, okay? So, can I ask you a question? If they say no, then you walk away and you tell them you hope they have a lovely day, all right? Now, let's pretend we have a different day. So, can I borrow you? Because you look a lot more friendly than Tom, okay? So, just a fact, Tom. No offense, Tom. Your name is? Shannon. Shannon. Okay, so, Shannon, your response is yes. Could you practice that for me? Yes. Okay, go on then. Yes. <laughs> okay, so... I go up to Shannon and I say, not that I know your name, Shannon. It says, excuse me, hello, uh, can I ask you a question? Yes. She says yes. Okay, the next question, when Rob presses it, is this. If God could do one miracle for you today, what would it be? Okay? So, 
quick moment to think about that, all right? Okay, just come up with anything you want to as an answer. Okay, so if I've got permission. Shannon's up for conversations. This is cool. So then I say, Shannon, okay, if God could do one miracle for you today, what would it be? And your answer is? Heal my leg. Okay, brilliant. Okay, is there anything wrong with your leg? Okay, that's fine. That's a weird thing to ask, then, isn't it? Okay, so we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about if someone wants healing for something physical, we're going to talk about that in a little while. Okay, Paige, who's another member of the team, is going to come up and just help us to understand what to do if someone says something about healing. Okay, Shannon, you can take a seat really quickly. Yesterday, some of the responses we got were this I'd like to win the lottery. It's a good response. We had the response, I'd like world peace. We had a response yesterday, uh, just a guy we met, he said, I'd like you to heal. I'd li- if God is real, I'd like him to heal my grandson. Uh, we had another one that said, um, uh, I'd like uh, so-and-so, a husband, a wife, a child, to be brought back from the dead. Someone said, I'd like some chicken. Someone said, I'd like blonde hair instead of the dark hair that I've got. It wasn't quite their words, but just to understand what it was. So you get a real range of responses at that moment. What they ask for, we want to actually be able to bless them in that moment. And so we want to be able to use that as an opportunity to pray for that person. Okay? Now that means we've got to be listening, and Jazz is going to talk a bit about this later on. We need to be listening to what God is saying through what they are saying in their response. So often when someone says something like, I want to win the lottery, what they actually mean is, I'm not really satisfied with my life. I'm hoping that if I get more, if I get more wealth, if I get more stuff, I'm going to be more satisfied. My life is going to be better. And because I've got more stuff, I'm going to be happy. That's kind of what's behind that. If someone says, you know, I I want blonde hair instead of brown, actually there may be something about their image or their self-worth, their self-identity, that they just feel like if something was just different about me, I'd be happier. Or I'd be more at peace or whatever it is. And so they are the things that we need to be listening to and engaging with that. So if someone says, I like blonde hair instead of brown, you can say, well, do you know what? I'd just like to pray for you about that if I can. If you're happy for me to do that. And so you might, we had someone, I think, I'm sure we had a story last year. I'm sure I'm not making it up. I'm sure someone that they, one of our guys, uh, Steve Wilson, who's been on this outreach boot camp before, told us. Uh, he basically, there was a guy who said, I want to grow a beard. That was the miracle. If God could do one miracle in your life, what would it be? And they said, I'd like to grow a beard. I can't grow a beard and I want a beard. And so they prayed for him to grow a beard. But they also prayed that, they, that this person might encounter God for themselves and actually that their, kind of, their whole character, their whole person would be satisfied in encountering God. And ultimately, that's what happened for this individual. They became a Christian. They also grew a beard. Now, I don't know why God answers that kind of prayer for growing a beard. And yet, when we prayed last night for my wife in the tent, she didn't get healed of the condition that she's got. I don't know why God does that. Well, I do know why God does that, because God is super kind and loving and gracious and loves to bless people and signpost people towards him. And that's one of the amazing opportunities that we've got. But we also do know that there are some really tough questions. So what do we say if someone says, I'd like so-and-so to be brought back from the dead? 
We had that lady who'd been married, I think, for 50 years to her husband. We had this story out in the streets yesterday. Husband had died. She's really lonely. The one person she's known to walk with her through all of life for the last 50 years is no longer with her. That's really tough. And you say, I am so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry of your loss. Because Jesus had compassion on the people that he prayed for and spoke to. He wasn't just trying to work through a little technique. He was actually compassionate and lost and broken for the people who didn't know him yet, who didn't know God. And so he was able to, with compassion, be able to pray and say, I'm so sorry to hear of your loss. I believe in a God who loves you and who cares for you, a God who wants the very best for you. Would you mind if I prayed for you that you might know the peace of God in your life, a peace that goes beyond understanding, that you would know the love of God in your life? Would you mind if I prayed for you for that? And so every time we're trying to bring the conversation of whatever someone is saying back to God, what do you do with someone who says, I like chicken. Because that's a weird one, isn't it? If God could do any miracle in life, what would you like? Chicken. Ah, chicken. Our Lord Jesus liked chicken. It's not really kind of how you get that conversation going. So you go, chicken? What kind of chicken are we talking? Get into a conversation. We're we talking like KFC chicken. Are we talking like raw chicken? An actual chicken? What kind of chicken are we talking about? Just get them into the conversation. Just try and begin again. How are we getting through this? Now, probably what they're actually saying is, I'm feeling a bit hungry. Now, again, without being too cheesy, okay, this is what I'd say. Do you know what? I'm hungry as well. I'm really hungry. We're here. We're on New Day. We're camping up on the Norfolk showground. We're camping and, yeah, food's a little bit scarce. But do you know what? One of the things we've been talking about is a God who satisfies every need we could possibly have. Oh, that's good, huh? That's good, isn't it? You can do that. Honestly, you can do that. So as you kind of get into things today, as we kind of get those responses, I really want to encourage you, don't just kind of like laugh or go, oh no, what am I supposed to say in response to that? And everything, it's how do I bring that back to a conversation about God and an opportunity to pray for them about that? Now, yesterday we did this quite a lot. A few people that we spoke to uh, didn't want prayer for that in particular. They just said, no, I don't want you to pray for me. And we were like, okay, no worries. Have a great rest of your day. And we walked away. And some people, they still prayed for them. Sneaky. Bit rude, isn't it? Even though they didn't want prayer, they still prayed for them. Or you can say to them, okay, there's no worries. Would you mind if we prayed for you later on? Would that be okay? And often people go, yeah, it's fine. If you want to pray, you pray. In which case, you can then pray for that person. But at times, you can also pray for that person right there and then. And actually just pray a very simple prayer, eyes open, don't do anything weird. In English, if that's their language that they speak, their native tongue. We've had a number of times when on outreach, people with another language have met people of that same language on the streets. And they've prayed together or had a conversation in that language. That's fine. But in the most part, just pray really normally, simple prayers a simple prayer of blessing and asking God for whatever it is, that thing that they want. If someone wants to win the lottery, say, God, I pray, would you bless that person in every way that it's possible to do so? I wouldn't actually pray for them to win the lottery, personally, but I would pray for them to be blessed in every way that they can be and that they might know the riches of God's grace and, and love towards them. That's what, probably what I pray. 
Now, at that point, there is a third question. If the conversation is going really well, you can then ask this third question. What do you think the greatest miracle God could do for you is? What's the greatest miracle that God could do for you? And whatever response they give at that point, you can say, you can talk about that thing, but you can also say, do you know what? I think God has already done the greatest miracle he could for you. Would you mind if I had the moment just to share a little bit about what I think God's greatest miracle is? And then in your own words, you can share the basic message of the Christian faith. Very simply, just talk a bit about Jesus. You can also talk about your own story, and Jazz is going to talk about that in just a little moment, so I won't steal her thunder on that. But that is a really good opportunity. And then at the end of that conversation, you can leave them with some information about the church that you're representing, whether it's in uh, Norwich or Attleborough or Wyndham. You can leave some information. You can give them maybe a little tract. Whatever it is that the church has given you to give to them, you can give that to them so they've got some follow-up as well. Okay? So it's really simple. So you go up, and if you go and speak to Tom, and he says no, you say, no worries, have a great rest of your day. If you go up and speak to Shannon, she says yes, you say, if God could do one miracle for you, what would it be? You're open to what God is saying through that. You offer to pray for them. And if that conversation is going well, you can ask the third question, what do you think the greatest miracle is? Okay? It's quite simple. It's quite easy. And it's quite helpful. We found lots of people doing it yesterday. If you want to, you can take a very quick photo of that screen. Although the first question is very helpful, just to remind you, you can make a very quick note of it. Because as we do this, and we talked about it earlier on, if, like Shannon, you've got a problem with your leg, or the person that you're talking to has got a problem, and they want a prayer for physical healing, how do we go about doing that? Paige. Cool. So, um thought it'd be really cool if we actually get to pray for some healing in this room today. Why not? Um, and maybe, kind of, well, my hope is that it'll kind of like demystify um, what, pr- what praying for healing looks like. Because um, I used to be terrified of praying for healing. I used to think I would have to say all these fancy words, that there was a special way about it, that I had to have faith that was like skyrocketed. Um, but actually, none of that, um, Jesus doesn't say any of that in the Bible. Um, So really, if you look at what Jesus does when he heals people, um, a lot of the time he just says like one word or two words. Sometimes he just says, be healed. Sometimes he um, does it from afar. Sometimes he picks up mud and spits in it and puts it in people's eyes. Don't do that today. Um, But let me tell you, if you follow Jesus, if you know him and you've asked for the Holy Spirit to come, into your life and to feel you. He is with you. And this is the almighty God that has the power um, to change the world, to transform the world. He has the power to um, command sickness out of a body, to command cancer out of a body, um, to grow limbs. Um, This is the God that is on our side. And it's not about you. It's not about the words that you say. It's not about your faith in particular. Um, So I thought it'd be good if um, I could just have one volunteer and I'll just show you super quickly. Do you want to (laughs) come? Super quickly how simple praying for healing is and then we're going to give it a go. So I've asked you the miracle question. Um, If God could do one miracle for you today, what would it be? Uh, Have a better back. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that you've got back pain. Um, How long have you had that back pain? 
About a year now. About a year. And are you in pain right now? A little, yeah. And like on a scale of one to ten, how painful is it in this moment? About a six, seven. About a six or a seven. So would it be okay if I prayed for you? Sometimes when Christians pray, God heals people. So I don't think there's any harm in doing that. Would that be all right with you if we prayed now for you? Of course you could. Excellent. So um, I'm just going to pray a really simple prayer um, in Jesus' name. Um, to command your um, back pain to go. Is that all right? Okay, we're using really simple words. Don't go on for a long time. Don't use Christian words. Keep it as simple as possible. Keeping my eyes open and watching what's going on um, so that if the Holy Spirit really comes and you've got your eyes closed and then he's fallen on the floor, then that's, yeah, we don't want that issue. So um, if it's all right with you, I'd love to pray now. In Jesus' authority, I command this back pain to go in his name. Amen. Easy. And um, how is it now? Uh, Still painful, but better. How much better? So before it was a six, has it gone down lower than that? Yeah. How How much lower? A five. A five, okay. Well, then we can thank Jesus that it went down from a six to a five. Um, Would you like me to pray again that it would go down further? No, thank you. And that's absolutely fine. Thank you so much for letting me pray for you. So it's as simple as that. And actually, it may be that that person, but I think as Paige did, what's really helpful there is to actually ask people, how's it been? Like, Adrian last night, when he prayed, he then gets you to kind of do the thing, you know, and kind of, uh, and that can be a bit weird on the streets, but actually, still encourage someone to do it. You know, actually, if there is something that could bring pain, why don't you just try and do it again and see what happens? So ask people how it's gone as well, all right? You think, no, I'm not sure if I can do the miracle question. Oh, well, if we have to pray for people. Well, yesterday, we took 100 people out on the streets, and Shannon's just going to share a couple of quick stories about what people got up to yesterday who were in this seminar at this time yesterday and what we did out and about on the streets yesterday. Stop saying yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. So first I just want to read out some of the comments that we had from yesterday. So we asked, what would you say to someone considering outreach next year? And they said, do it. You will not regret... Oh, you will regret, sorry, the writing is really confusing. (laughs) You will regret it if you don't. What's the worst that could happen? People might walk away, and that's one of them. So do it. Prepare to be, I'm really rubbish at reading these, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Prepare to be at your, can't read it. This one also says do it. (laughs) This one says it's worth, worth pushing through the pain barriers. And this one says, go for it. It's funner than you would think. So some of those are really encouraging because everyone who did it yesterday, in fact, I don't know if I've heard any negative comments. Everyone on our coach definitely was so encouraged. And in fact, one girl even said that it made her feel like she had a deeper relationship with Jesus afterward, which was amazing. Um, Some of the stories on my coach were... I'm going to give you some of the bad stories and some of the good ones just to encourage you that all are good ones, really. So I talked to one lady and I said, 
excuse me, do you mind if I ask you a question? She was like, I guess. And I said, if God could do one miracle for you today, what would it be? And she said, don't assume that there's a God and walked away. And I was like, have a nice day. So that was one one, one of them. Um, I had a boy on my coach who was really little and adorable. And, um, but he had a massive faith. So before he even came to New Day, he was praying about outreach. And he asked God to give him a word of knowledge. And this, this picture that he got was of a lady wearing a top with two butterflies on it. And he met her um, yesterday. So he met her, and yet there was no conversation that went anywhere. But he was really, really encouraged, so that was amazing. I had, um, in fact, the same guy. He prayed for a guy who was holding a sign saying, hug me if you support LGBT. And he said, I'm not, I don't support that, but do you know what? Jesus loves you, and I just want to pray for you. And so they prayed, and this guy started crying because he just felt the love of Jesus and he he had said that he'd been bullied for years and years and years and was really really it was just very emotional to see so I sort of was standing at a distance and I was seeing it and it was really deep to be there um yeah I had another girl who in fact I felt really encouraged to just prompt her to pray for healing and to seek healing And so she went and prayed for someone for healing, and they were healed. And she said, actually, it's amazing because leading up to New Day, God was really speaking to me about asking people for, like, if they needed healing. So that was an amazing story as well. Um, We had one lady, one, well, one responsible adult. She met a lady who was slightly older, and she talked to her, asked her the miracle question, and said, what would the miracle be? And she said, well, my husband recently died and he didn't know Jesus. And this lady was a Christian. He didn't know Jesus and I used to know Jesus, but I haven't known him for years and years. I've I've not acknowledged him. I've not been to church for decades. And I've been looking for God recently. And this is the last sign that I needed. And I'm going to go back to church. So she got to give her an alpha leaflet. And she's going to return to church. So, some really encouraging stories for you. Thank you, Shannon. Are you getting excited this afternoon? Yes. Come on, I'm excited. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jazz. I work as an evangelist at Croydon Jubilee Church. Great place, Croydon. Thank you, Bethan. Somebody's here from Croydon. Great. Um, We're going to do this this afternoon. But last night, I was just from, Livy was speaking, she was just speaking brilliantly about being an infiltrator. This afternoon, you're going to be on mission, infiltrating Norwich, where else are we going? Wyndham? No. Wyndham and Attleborough. You guys are on mission. You've got a mission to complete. You've got a charge this afternoon. You have been commissioned to go and you will see the atmosphere in those towns change. So I'm excited for what will happen. What I want us to do now is to just press in a little bit more. So you've got something really practical that you can do. 
but at the same time, I want you to understand that you're working with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is with you, and he speaks to you continually. And I just want to look at the whole area of words of knowledge and uh, being prophetic when you are out on the streets. Uh, That's not to stop you from doing this. I want you to do this. But as you're having a conversation with people, I want you to be mindful of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Years ago, um, someone trained me. I was in a group like this, and someone was training us in prophetic evangelism. And, And I'd never really done anything like it. And we were Milton Keynes. And he sent us out on the streets in little groups of threes. And, uh, and he said, you're going to get a picture from Jesus and you're going to go and find that person. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I had this huge picture in my mind and I knew that somebody had been in a car crash and I'd seen a, a gravestone. So I thought somebody had died and the car crash happened when they were six. I was a lot younger than I am now and I'd never done anything like it. So we're outside Milton Keynes Shopping Centre. And I am terrified. Now, I am ridiculously confident. Like, not much scares me. I can do most things. But I was terrified. I was gripped with fear. And I'm like, there is no way I can walk up to somebody and say, "Um, excuse me, were you in a car crash when you were six years old? And I had two of my friends with me. And they were, and I'd shared the picture with them. They had nothing. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I've got a picture, so I'll go with this. And I saw a woman at a bus stop. And literally fear gripped me. And I'm like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. But I do know that you can say, you can just have three seconds of courage. One, two, three, go. So when fear grips you like that, you kind of just got to get over it. One, two, three, go. And so I did. And I walked up to this woman and I blurted out, excuse me, were you in a car crash? And she just looked at me. She went, no. And I just felt stupid. I beat myself up about it like you would not believe and I kind of retreated back to the corner of the shopping centre where I was standing outside and the other two guys in the meantime had kind of like ignored me and one of the guys Nick had seen in the corner an older lady um, struggling with getting a shopping trolley out you know you have to put a pound coin in and when I say an old lady a lady in her 90s she couldn't get the pounds and she couldn't get the trolleys trying to go shopping and Nick just saw that need and he responded to her actual practical need and went over and helped her with the trolley and in doing so began to engage her in conversation just you know you okay how's it going that kind of very general chit chat general banter and he was very loving with her and by which time I'd gone and joined them and as the conversation continued she began to just share a little bit of her story and then she went, last night I was in my room. She lives in a care home. Last night I, lived, I was in my room and I cried out to God. I went, if you are really there, God, please would you show me? And the next morning she meets three people who love Jesus, who get to minister to her, who tell her about Jesus and invite her to the local church. In the closing chapters of her life, she was in her 90s. She didn't have much more to go. She got to meet Jesus. Yeah, it's exciting. Now, I share that because I want you to know this. First of all, I don't know whether my picture was right or wrong. Haven't got a clue. Um, But I tried it. And it didn't matter that I got it wrong. It really didn't matter. It made no difference to anybody. I had to work through some stuff for myself, but it didn't matter. Secondly, my friend Nick saw a practical need And he took that opportunity. He went, oh, somebody needs some help. I can go and do that. That's not a big deal. 
The next thing is that we listened to the lady. We listened to what was going on in her life and responded to that. So maybe you don't get the opportunity to ask a question, but you may, you may see a need that you can respond to. Does that make sense to you? And take that. You're all good at banter. I've heard you lot. None of you lot go to sleep. So I know you can talk. And um, so talk with people this afternoon. Engage them. Now, the more you practice hearing from God, the more used to hearing from God, you get used to how he speaks to you. So here's something else. The other night, I'd arranged to meet a friend in Cafe Froth after the evening meeting. After the evening meeting. And, um, but the evening meeting didn't end. It was the night Francis Chan was speaking. We all kind of like, it all filtered out. Do you remember that, that evening? There wasn't a specific point where it ended. And, um, so I kind of, and I ended up praying for a number of people. So I ended up going to Cafe Froth quite late and my friend wasn't there and I really wanted to see her. So I'm going to walk to her site, see if she's there. My phone had died. And I started walking and as I was walking, I felt very much prompted. It was like a a thought in my mind, just go to the bookshop. I thought, oh, she'll be in the bookshop. So I kind of wandered back to the bookshop and she wasn't there. But I met a guy that there I hadn't seen for a while and he started talking to me. And I had that little bit of frustration, you know, that, oh, I need to go. And then as he's talking to me, I felt another little prompting. And these are the words I had in my head. Depression and mental health. And I thought, God's getting my attention and that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But they're quite deep words to bring to somebody in a bookshop when you haven't seen them for a few years. So I'm like, well, I'm just not going to say anything. Just because you get a sense of something, you don't have to say it. You don't have to give it out there and then. Use some wisdom. And so as he was talking, he suddenly shared about his daughter and how she was suffering from depression and mental health and how tough the last couple of years have been. And I'm like, oh, God, you've got my attention. You want me to stay here. And so I stayed with him for half an hour, just listening, absorbing, and, and taking care of him in that moment. It doesn't, you don't have to discharge everything you think God's saying to you, but it does get your attention, and it means just stay. And, um, and actually, as I came out of the bookshop and I looked at Cafe Froth, my friend was waiting patiently there for me. So I still got to see my friend. The reason I tell you that story is I want you to practice hearing from God. It's not always like written in the sky in big neon letters. Often it's an impression or it's a sense or it's a feeling. And when you're listening to somebody, when you get into that conversation with someone, whether you've used the miracle question or you've helped them out practically, you are able to then listen to the Holy Spirit at the same time. I wonder if God's saying, and you can ask them, oh, is everything going all right? How's school going? How's college? Are you struggling with exams? Whatever sense you've got there. Yesterday, I shared uh, with the group and I said, the easiest way to start a conversation, because that's the biggest thing, is how do I start a conversation with somebody? Is just to smile at them and say hello. That's all you have to do. People like you. They want to like you. People like acquiring new friends. It's a good thing. And there's no reason why anybody is going to dislike you. You are liked. And I just said, just say hello. Just smile and say hello. It's my, my, my best technique. And as I was walking back yesterday afternoon, there was a, a young man standing outside the church that we were based in. And he smiled at me. And in his loud voice, he went, hello. And I'm like, 
oh, I'm supposed to do that to you, but fine, you're doing that to me. So I ended up having a conversation with him. We were outside King's Church, Norwich, and a couple of the guys joined me, and he just began to tell me about Norwich and how much he loved living there and the architecture. And in the end, I said, look, I've got to go in, but I'm a Christian. Is there anything that I could pray for you? And he begins to well up at that point, and then he begins to talk to me about depression and mental health and the things that he's struggling with. And I'm like, oh, well, I had that last night. I think I'll just stay here for a little longer. And he just let me pray for him outside the church. I could invite him to the church. You see, those, those kind of divine appointments are there for you, and they'll be there this afternoon. It's just a matter of kind of just being thoughtful and mindful, listening to the Holy Spirit. You might not know how to lead someone to Jesus. It may happen this afternoon, it may not. But everything that you do is advancing the kingdom of God on the streets of Norfolk this afternoon. You are bringing something of the kingdom of light into the streets of Norfolk. And you are changing the spiritual atmosphere of what goes on. If you are wondering how to continue the conversation, I always find that the easiest thing to do is to tell people your own story. Oh, this is what happened to me. Last night I was prayed for and I got healed. It's a great story. Or this is how I became a Christian. It doesn't matter, but telling your own story is the easiest way to say this is what Jesus can do for you. Your story is interesting. Your story is God-inspired. God is in charge of you and he gave you that story. Your story is relevant. You might not think it's dramatic or exciting. Your story is important. Um, okay, we have got some time. I'd just very quickly like you to get into pairs. Just wait because you don't know what I'm going to ask you to do. I'd like you to get into pairs and I'd like you to share your story. I'd like you to um, say a little bit about what life was like before you were a Christian. You could say, I was, grew up in a Christian home, I always went to church, or you say, my friends went to church and they told me about it. I don't know, whatever life was like before you became a Christian. Then explain what happened at the point of when you became a Christian. So what actually happened? Well, someone told me about Jesus and they invited me to pray with them or whatever it was that happened. But those are just two quick things. The bit that I'd really like you to concentrate on is what has life been like since you've become a Christian? What's happened to you since? How have you known God's faithfulness? What has God shown you? What have you received from Jesus? What, how, what difference has it made to your life? I'm only going to give you like three minutes to do this in. Um, and try and avoid using jargon if you can. So people don't necessarily always understand um, some of the Christian words we use. But worship, I was singing songs to Jesus. Prayer, prayer, everybody understands the word prayer, so don't worry about that. But just have a little go. So can you just do that for me? Three minutes. On your marks, get set, go. I want to introduce you to Natalia. I've just met her. She's from England and Germany. It's fair enough. And I just said to her, would you be willing to share your story? And she said yes. So. Um, hi, I've grown up in a Christian home, so I always went to church with my parents. And when I was seven, my mum prayed with me to ask Jesus uh, to come into my life. And so I prayed with her for that, but I didn't really know that much of who Jesus was and what he was like. And then over the years as I went to church, God showed me more and more of himself and what he was like. 
and I've come to realize how much God loves me and it's been amazing since then because I know that whatever happens to me, I have someone who loves me and I have someone who's on my side and no matter what's happening around me and it's a really comforting thought to have. That's absolutely brilliant, yes. Spot on, someone that listened well, thank you very much. And that's, that's exactly a brilliant story to share with someone. It's interesting, it's relevant, and it's powerful. Well done. Um, we're, gonna, we're just getting ready to go, but before we go, I suspect that one or two people of you might be a little bit nervous for this afternoon. That's okay. Um, I would just like us to pray. So if you just close your eyes. Father, I thank you for every evangelist sitting in this room today. I thank you for every person that's going to go out onto the streets and uh, usher in something of your kingdom on the streets of Norfolk this afternoon. But right now, I take the authority I have in Jesus, and I tell all fear to go. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and to fill us. Give us that sense of being commissioned, of knowing that we're being sent, that we're doing this in partnership with you, Jesus, not on our own, and that through you, we can do all things. Amen. Amen. Okay.